Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. It's not often I have a conversation with a family member, but today's one of those exceptions. I'm excited to introduce you to Nix Klein. And if Klein sounds familiar, well, hello. Nix is my nephew's 14-year-old daughter, my grandniece, and my guest today. Nix is agender and lesbian, news they shared with extended family members in an email that reads in part, quote, It is okay if this is a bit shocking, and it will take getting used to. My pronouns are they, them, and my preferred name, Nix or Emma. By the way, Emma's their birth name. Adding, it's okay if you make mistakes, but please try to use them. Nix is one bright, creative, curious teenager. They are a STEM student, which in case you've been living under a rock, stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Math. Nix, who lives in Boxborough, a Boston suburb, has actively participated in Destination Imagination, a STEM-based organization. They live with their mom, dad, and brother Oliver, as I mentioned, in Boxborough, and are looking to apply to a technical high school to pursue their interest in multimedia engineering. So let's meet and get to know Nix Klein. Welcome, and thanks so much for joining me remotely from Massachusetts today. Thank you for having me. I'd like to start with STEM, which fortunately for me, I know how to pronounce, although there is no way that I could ever be involved in something that details science, technology, engineering, and math. How did you and STEM come together? So uh, I was in first grade, I think, when I started Destination Imagination. Destination Imagination, or DI for an abbreviation, is a steam stem based thing steam is um similar to stem except it adds the arts for a Ah. um di itself is like a creative and team focused competition with a bunch of problem solving that we have to do but what did you know in first grade um i think my mom found it somewhere and she was she came up to me and said, hey, Emma, do you want to create a DI team with a bunch of your friends? And I said, sure, that sounds fun. And then from first grade till now eighth grade, we've had almost the same people. Was this an extracurricular activity that already existed or you guys came up with? It was something that already existed. So there's like a whole community of other people who do this and there's a bunch of levels like regionals, which is like people in your region, states, which is you're going against all the people in your state. And then there's globals, which is you're going against everyone in the world. So quite cool. a lot of people do DI. It's not something the school, well, the school can facilitate a DI team, but you have to have a team manager. So my mom's the team manager for our team. She's been since first grade. Um, and There's no we, teacher that is acting as? a team manager? Uh, Not that I know of. So what does your mom do as a team manager? She provides us with a space to create our skit. You have to, for DI, you have to make a skit that solves a problem you're given. So my mom, she gives us our basement and our basement has turned into DI land where it's (laughs) covered with cardboard and paints and all these different wires. The team manager provides other technology. So we made our skit on this computer that I'm talking to you from now. And so my Mm -hmm. mom provides this. Um, She also provides 
like driving around to get all of our materials. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, I think this year, $120 to spend. Mm -hmm. So she will take us to places and we will buy these materials that we need. And who comes up with the project or the event that you have to do? So the Destination Imagination company, I think is what I would call it. Okay. They came up with, I think, five prompts. And so there's a technical prompt where you have to do something technical related. There's a fine arts prompt where you have to do something fine arts related. And so I'll use ours for an example. Our Mm -hmm. team picked fine arts. And so we are given a challenge. This year, our challenge was you have to create a skit with a trickster that gets into a tricky situation. There has to be a costume change and there has to be an illusion. So we have to then create a skit that has a trickster, has a tricky situation, has a costume change, and has a illusion. And this trickster has got to get out of that mess. Our team, it's five people. It's me and four other of my friends. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends, Luke, he's playing the trickster. And so he gets into this tricky situation. And then there's me, another one of my friends, Mahima and Sahiti. All three of us are people who will be acting like on stage in front of people. And my other friend, Ben, they are going to be like backstage because we have this giant piece of cardboard that's split into three pieces and is our background. And that has to spin, representing background changes. So once you have your challenge, how long does it take to pull this stuff off? Quite a long time. I think (laughs) our competition is in two months and we've almost finished the background. We still have quite a lot more things to finish. How many competitions do you participate during the course of a year? So it depends. If you win regionals, you go up to state. So no matter what, you will always go to at least one competition, regionals. If you win regionals, you go to states. You win states, you go to globals. Um, me and my team have won regionals three or four times. Wow. So, I mean, we went to states three or four times. And we won states once, meaning we went to globals once. Globals was extremely fun because we went against people from all around the world. And did you go to one particular place to do that? Yes, we went to Kansas City, Missouri at the Sprite Center, I think. And so that's where you performed for a global competition. Yep. And so you have to get to that point. You just don't show up there. You have to pass through all these markers in order to get to global. And then yep. how did you how'd you fare in Kansas City? How did you guys do? We did surprisingly well. We got third place. All right. So, so you got some got, street cred, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We got uh the third place bronze medal. And so nice. for regionals you get little little ribbons um if you get first place you get a trophy same for states but globals you get medals and then if I think if you get first place you get a trophy do you have to each of you had to pay your own way to get to Kansas City or did you fundraise yes we did fundraise because I think it was a decent sized fee to go to globals 
Yeah. So we did some fundraising. We did fundraising at our garbage station. Like sanitation department? Sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's the same group who does this every year. You've stuck together since kindergarten. Basically, yeah. It's almost the same people. We've usually had seven people, but this year we lost two of our team members to other after-school activities. Mm-hmm. So this takes up a lot of your time? My team does it every Tuesday, and we're trying to get um, sometimes on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten much support from the powers that be at your junior high? Yeah. Have they been supportive on several levels, like cheering you guys on, maybe giving you some bucks? So they're not really allowed to help us. They can help uh, us by giving us like a space to practice. Uh, but it was okay. our elementary school that helped us quite a lot. We had our English teacher, Miss Puzikov. She helped us write the skit that got us to Globals, actually. She helped us write the lyrics. Uh, not lyrics, the lines for mm-hmm. to get to globals. And mm-hmm. I think two years ago, she also helped. So it was more of our elementary school because we also used the, the lunchroom in the elementary school to practice our DI skits. This is a really important part of your life that you expect to still be in your life as you get older. And would you guys be breaking up because you would be going to different high schools? My goal is to get into a technical high school. I would still very much want to do DI with my teammates if they're willing to do it, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think I said this, if not, DI isn't really connected to school at all. So you could have people from three different schools on the same DI team. It's more gotcha. like age level. So there's like the younger kids and then there's like the older level and there's like the high school, college level. Mm-hmm. So it, it depends. Like you could have a middle level team, but one like high schooler, you your team would immediately go to the high school team. So our team is currently on the middle level, but it's uh-huh. our last year on the middle level. Uh-huh. So next year we will be on the highest level. As I mentioned in the introduction, that you're looking to make a move. But what do you know about this school? So this high school, it's Minuteman High. I want to go there mainly because it has something I'm super interested in, multimedia engineering. It's working with editing and cameras, which I quite like Mm because during the pandemic, we did DI all online. So we recorded all of our videos on Zoom and I was in charge of editing of it all together. I found that very fun and I quite enjoyed it. So I got a lot into editing and video recording and I found it really, really fun. So I, we did a tour of the Minuteman High School and I was like, I want to go on this tour. So I went on the tour and the multimedia engineering at Minuteman is incredible. They have their own like film studio with very, very fancy cameras. And I was like, this is the school I want to go to. Isn't it ironic that you're having a conversation (laughs) with people that are doing exactly what you want to do? That isn't Mm -hmm. me because I don't know the first thing about this. I'm lucky that I even know how to turn on the computer. 
I have my interview with somebody from Minuteman after winter break. And so I get to tell them that I do destination imagination and I can tell them that I've been like on a podcast and talked about destination imagination. Hey, listen, man, use it. I also mentioned in the conversation that extended family members got an email from you sharing something extremely personal about your life. Talk to me about coming to the realization that you are gay and agender. Take us on that journey. So I first found out I was lesbian. I was mainly just scrolling through YouTube looking for videos and I saw a like pride video and it was a bunch of like people like celebrating about pride and mm-hmm. this was last summer right before I went to one of my two week long sleepaway camps. So I was like scrolling I was watching this YouTube video. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like this is like really cool. Like I would like that. And so like I did like a slight bit more research and I was like, I think I'm gay. I think I'm a lesbian. And mm-hmm. so like I came to the conclusion of that like by myself. I was like, I sort of don't want to tell my parents right now. So I'll just wait. And so I went to the two weeks like boy camp and I came back and I was still like still kind of new to this. I would sort of like to wait a bit longer. So still unsure. Then, yeah, I was still figuring everything out. While I was at this camp, I also discovered a bunch of people who didn't identify within the normal gender binary. So that was like my first time like questioning like could I be non-binary? Like do mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like the gender binaries? But that was sort of like on the back of my mind now because then we went on our month-long cross-country camping trip during I think it was the last day or the second to last day when I got up the courage to tell my parents I think it was at like 9 p.m and we were like making the book home like booking at home and I got up the courage and I said mom dad I'm gay and that's how I came out to them as gay And then I came out to my friends, I think, a couple days later, maybe. Mm -hmm. So there was that. Now this is, like, a month or two or a bunch of months in the future, actually. I'm, like, the thought of, like, non-binary has, like, come to the front of my head. So I'm, like, Mm -hmm. am I non-binary? And so, like, I do some, like, a bit more research and, like, watch a couple, like, YouTube videos, I think yeah, I might be non-binary. And then I do like a bit more research and I find this agender. Agender basically means you identify with little to no gender identity. Gender identity is like how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. And so agender sort of falls under the umbrella term of non-binary, not following the normal gender binaries of man and woman or like girl Mm -hmm. and boy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, a gender. I quite like this. This is, I like this. This speaks to me. It does. It speaks to me. And so I told one of my best friends, Ben, who used to be Caroline. They came out to their parents recently as non-binary. We both planned we were going to come out to our parents on Halloween. Like we were going to dress up as our pride flags and say like, we're non-binary and a gender. These are our pronouns. And then we were going to go trick-or-treating. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, They had some family business that came up during the Halloween week. So I could not do this with them. I was slightly disappointed, but it was okay. I would find another time to do this. So I went trick-or-treating that Halloween with some different friends. I think maybe a month later, I remember the exact date I did come out to my parents as a gender. It was November 20th. I had a bunch of friends from crew over and I had written on the crew team. Yep. From crew. You row also. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. What don't you do? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and so I had this text message that said, I'm a gender. This is what a gender means. These are my preferred pronouns. This is my preferred name. Like, please accept it and all that stuff. And that's what you texted your parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel too comfortable. Like, going up to them I also face to face yeah I also knew like knowing my parents they would be they would have like a couple questions and I wasn't like I didn't really want to answer those questions so I waited Mm -hmm. till I had some friends over and so I texted Mm -hmm. my family that and my dad was the first to respond and he said love you Nix which was my new preferred name and Mm -hmm. so like that was like amazing. My mom. Well, was that asleep. to you was obviously a validation by virtue of yes, the fact that he used that name. Mm-hmm. 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 My mom was asleep, so she saw it in the morning, but it was still okay. They tried to use Nick's during breakfast that morning. They slipped up a couple of times, but that was okay since it was extremely new. You had given them indications over the summertime about the feeling that you had. So on some level, Nix, this couldn't have come as a major surprise to them. Not really. I mean, I sort of kept it like a slightly bit a secret, but it might not have been a surprise. I mean, I think one of my friends, Ben, is pansexual. And I think Ben came out to my parents or like came out to the public as pansexual. So my parents knew I had a friend who was not straight. So right, it right. might have not been too much, too big of a surprise. How did that play out in school and with your friends? Because it is a very big step and not everybody can be on board. I wonder if you had your share of uh, folks who gave you a hard time. So um, when I did send out this email to you and the rest of my family, there were a couple people on my mom's side of the family that I did not send that did not get this email, but I knew they would eventually get it. It's mainly sort of how they like view the world, and I didn't really want to tell it to them directly. So there was those people. Otherwise, I haven't gotten that hard of a time. The community that I'm in is extraordinarily accepting. I sent an email, I think maybe a month ago, to my teacher saying, I would prefer if you use they, them pronouns to refer to me. And they have. They've been doing quite a good job. I've recently been trying to get my preferred name, Nick's, like integrated into my school life. Um, I've asked like a couple of the teachers to say, like, hey, do you think you could use Nick's when referring to me? They've done a surprising good, a surprisingly good job for teachers, <laughs> knowing them and their extremely busy se- schedule. Uh-huh, they've uh-huh. done like a really good job of like using next and using they them. So yeah, it's been quite good. Is it fair to say that you really haven't had difficulty climbing up mountains? No, I haven't. It's been quite easy, surprisingly. 
when I was your age, this would go over like a lead balloon. It would be, what the hell is Emma talking about? And what the hell does Nix mean? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's obviously something that you needed to do. But were you at all hesitant, nervous, unsure? Yes, I was very scared. I wasn't totally, I knew my parents were accepting. I wasn't, I didn't know how accepting. Um, I wasn't wondering, I was wondering, like, how long is it going to take for them to start using they, them, and X? Like, am I going to have to continue to deal with being misgendered and having she, her used as my pronouns? It's mm. still slightly annoying because there's, like, my orthodontist, he doesn't know that I go by Nix and they, them. So I went there and he used Emma and she, her. It gets on my nerves every now and then mainly because I'm so used to people being amazing and using they, them, and next. It's not going to be everybody that's going to fall into place. And it's more about them than it is about you. It definitely is. Now, I, you have a younger brother. How was he able to incorporate these changes into his life? It's a bit hard for him more because he's so used to using Emma and she, her, his ABA therapist, Kayla, is helping him, like, get used to using Nix and they, them. Kayla herself has been, like, amazing with using Nix and they, them. Like, Kayla is truly amazing with, like, helping. And, like, I'll give my brother, like, little reminders because he'll every now and then accidentally use Emma and I'll say, it's Nix. Like, mm -hmm. in a kind manner, my parents will do the same. So it's been pretty easy for him. In terms of the other students at school, there was no bullying. There was no, what is this nonsense or, or dismissiveness and that people just thought this was a crock of shit. So I haven't told many people at school. I go to Common Ground, which is basically a group of LGBTQ students who like get together. I've told all of them and they use Nix and they them. I haven't really told like any other students because I'm waiting because this is my last year at RJ Gray, the school I go to, I'm just mm -hmm. waiting till next year because then I can introduce myself with Nix and introduce myself with they, them. A clean slate. Start with a yeah. clean slate. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So it's not a universal piece of information. So if someone in your English class refers to you as Emma and said, and she told me that she's going to get ice cream after school, for example, you, you just let that roll off your back. Yeah, because... I'm hoping that I'll get into Minuteman, meaning it's also a new school district, meaning there won't be as many people from my old school who can accidentally use Emma or use she, her. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what you just mentioned about Common Ground. Explain that to me. So in our school, Common Ground is um, one of the clubs we have after school. It is every Tuesday. And so basically it's LGBTQ students or like allies or friends can come and we will talk like about whatever we have like on our mind. So say it's somebody has come out to their grandparents, like we will like congratulate them and like ask like, how did it go? And mm. in Common Ground, we have like a rule where we're not allowed to out other people. So nobody else in Common Ground has told anybody else, like has outed me as lesbian or agender and it's really nice because they're a super like accepting community like 
if somebody like asks like do you have any suggestions on how to come out we will say like we will give our advice and our experience and that stuff do you have a teacher who oversees your group or is this is just the students who meet it's by, by a, themselves one of the counselors of our school she runs it i guess okay. she's more okay. of like there to supervise mhm so how many how many kids are involved in common ground um so before our school play started up it was like like 15 or 16 people were there now that the school play has started and everyone's going to that instead of coming to common ground it's like five like under 10 usually mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. last common ground meeting i went to it was six people so it's started to dwindle down mainly because other people have found other activities to do at that mm -hmm. time what has that been like this crazy world that we live in with the pandemic have you spent the last year literally in school or has that been a hybrid so this year for me in 8th grade i have been fully in person we have not had any days taken off because of covid we had one day where it was taken off as a snow day but i know my dad is friends with the superintendent and the superintendent really hoped that there was just enough snow to cancel school mainly cuz covid cases were extremely extremely high um 7th grade was hybrid so i think i did i went to school 2 days a week and two other days i did asynchronous basically the teachers would like post something on google classroom and we would do the stuff mm -hmm. and one day was a day full of zooms and so we did that i think the last two or three months of school was fully in person and sixth grade was all remote and half of fifth grade was we did like halfway through fifth grade and then covid hit and everything went remote yeah and everything went to hell has it been empowering to acknowledge who you are and to do so in terms of your family, your friends, your community, has it been liberating? Yeah, it's sort of been like a relief because like now I know like who I am and I can present mm -hmm. that to like my family and they will like go tell other people like this is next, like this is like who they think of themselves and like who they are. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been pretty nice. Have you had it in much in the way of pushback? No, not really. I've been around the block. Obviously, I'm a lot older than you are, and I'm thrilled to hear that. In 2022, people are not going to go off the rails about something like this. No, not really. You get into this new technical high school, and you're in school in person, explaining who you are. Does that present a challenge to you? Have you thought about that? So... Um, I doubt I'll know many people, mainly because I live in Boxborough, and Boxborough doesn't fund Minuteman, so technically I'm out of district for Minuteman, meaning it is so much harder for me to get in, because my interviews to get into Minuteman, like, they'll, you have, like, an application process, and then you get an interview. My interview is after winter break, so, and I'm also 
like one of the last people to get picked to go in. So I'm just hoping that I, during this interview, am somebody they want to have in their school. Sell yourself, that you sell yourself. Yeah, that I sell myself. And so I'm not too worried about like meeting people I already know there, mainly because not many of my friends are trying to go get into Minuteman. And it's sort of like a clean slate. I'm in an entirely new school building in a, I think, new school system because their system is they have your exploratory, which is like the, for me, I'm hoping it's the multimedia engineering that you do that for an entire week. And I think you have like math and English then uh, next week, it's, like, all of your, like, regular school curriculum. So it's, like, a new slate. There's new people. And when with introducing people, like, you can introduce yourself with your preferred name and your preferred pronouns. And, like, you can go up to the teachers and say, hey, my real name's blank, but I would prefer if you use next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I said, and I've asked you, nobody's given you a hard time about that, at least to your face. Nobody is. That people have been very accepting. Yeah. I do know some people in my school who aren't too accepting of LGBTQ people, but, like, I, they're not in my wing. They don't go anywhere near my part of the school so I sort of haven't had any conflicts with them which I'm quite relieved of <laughs> I bet so let's say that you get into this high school and the four years are over where are you going after that if you could plot out your your course and pretend that I've got the power to <laughs> make it happen what is it that you want to do I'm not sure. I know I at least want to take like a break year from school before I go like to college. I don't want to go a gap year. Yeah, a gap year definitely. I want to take a gap year. Um, I'm not really sure because I would like to get into a good college that has like a good multimedia engineering program or like a media engineering. So whether it's like a theater school like Ithaca. Or ah oh and we and that's very personal to you because your parents mm-hmm. are Ithaca College graduates mm-hmm. yeah or like somebody somewhere that's like more TV production and news production and podcast production could you see yourself going to school in New York City maybe there's also mm-hmm. I have to take into account like I want like a place I want to go to a college that has its own like little college community, but is also like a decent drive from like an actual city. So like Yeah. The best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. That's like my perfect college. Is Nixon a good place? I mean, yeah. I'm not too happy about COVID and, and well, all that. I mean but otherwise like personal stuff, it's going pretty good. I ask this a lot of my guests. If I was your fairy godmother and school was all done. And I said to you, okay, Nix, what's the perfect job? I realize that you're only 14, but do you have a sense of how you would answer that? Sort of. I sort of want to, it's probably not like something really popular, but like 
becoming a streamer, like on YouTube or Twitch, like a streaming platform. That's like a little hobby that I might want to start. Like that sounds pretty cool. And it's so like you get like on a PC and you get live in front of a bunch of people and you do something. So that would also like incorporate like camera work and lighting work, which I want to get good at. Like if I start making videos on YouTube, like editing and camera work and lighting work and sound, like that's something I want to get into. It's either like do something like that or work on plays, like try to get into making movies or like making, I want to make something. I know I want to make something, something with technology, if to put it on a wide spectrum. I have to tell you that in doing this podcast and meeting the women who I have met, there are more than 500 of them. Remember that I'm coming from a different perspective in terms of age, but what has been very heartening over the course of these years that I've been doing this is the number of women who are involved in jobs that at one point were exclusively male, whether it be the director of a film or the set designer or the sound engineer. And that has been incredibly empowering. And this is what it is that they want to do. And maybe it hasn't been such an easy road to hoe, but they're, damn it, they're going to do that. And I have to say that, I mean, you obviously have that drive and that persistence to do that. But at the same time, there are many, many women that have laid the groundwork for the Nixes of the world, which is really very heartening. You've had a lot of support, which makes me feel really great. I quite like the support. It's very helpful, very nice. I want to thank you for sharing your life and your passion. And it's been a real pleasure. And it's been a really long time since uh, I got to see you and have a conversation, not the kind that maybe you thought we would have, but mm -hmm. uh, it was it was really great. You have a really strong sense of self, Nix, and you know what you want, and you know how you're going to go about getting it. And I think that speaks volumes to who you are and also the support that you have from family and friends. It's invaluable. Thank you. So thank you so much for sharing and being honest and open. It was really a pleasure to hear all about it. Thank you for having me. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. 